So we're in our series entitled Health and Healing. This is our sixth message and time that we've shared on this and talked about this. And <clears throat> what I'm doing is taking two or three different manifestations of healings that happen in the life and the ministry of Jesus, which in his ministry documented healings. There were 19 different healings. There were different accounts of some of the same healings, but there's only 19 documented. There are many, many other people that were healed, thousands and thousands of people that were healed in Jesus' ministry, but only these 19 that are documented. And uh, so we've been going through this and looking at it and just spending some time <clears throat> really seeing Jesus operating in the ministry of healing. And there's some things along this line that, that as individuals, we've got to, we have to get settled with. We have to get settled that we are healed in, in Jesus' name. We're, we're not the sick trying to get well. We are the healed. And, and we are resisting anything and everything that comes against our bodies because there's a bunch of stuff out there. We've got to believe it. It's not enough. It's not enough for, you know, for you to say or you to think that as your pastor that I believe it. It's not enough for you to walk in divine health, or other people believe it. You may know somebody that says they believe in healing, and your your account or, you know, your your, your comeback from somebody asking, "Does God heal?" You know, or will God heal something maybe that comes against your body? Well, so and so says so. But that's not enough for you to be able to be on the receiving end of what God has for you. You have to believe it. We have to believe it. Um, <clears throat> it is God's will, number one, to heal. Because you're going to see that in the accounts that we're going to look at tonight. It's God's will to heal. But I'm telling you tonight, and you've got to settle it inside of you, it's God's will to heal you. It's God's will to heal you because he's already healed you. So we have to, we have to get in a position and a place where we are receiving what he's already done. Um, how many of you, just lift your hand, if you've ever prayed for someone else to be healed. I'm talking about one-on-one. -on -one. I'm not just talking about praying from a distance, but somebody asks you to pray and you've prayed for somebody concerning something in their body. How, how many would say tonight? Okay. Most of you. How many have ever had, everybody has at one time, I'm sure, but how many have ever had a headache and you prayed over yourself. You spoke to that headache and commanded that headache to leave. How, how many have done that? I, I want to just see a show of hands. It's not, if you, ha if you have, you have, if you haven't, whatever. But you have to, the, the word practice doesn't sound spiritual. It sounds like something in the natural. But what attacks your body is in the natural. And you have to practice 
bringing the spiritual into the natural and seeing the natural change because you're believing what the Spirit says. You have to practice that. I encourage you, anytime you ever do anything or say anything at all, anything ever happen to you or come against you physically, I encourage you to make sure that you go to God and speak the word first. Find what the word says. Doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that whatever circumstance or whatever that you have is going to change instantly because you have to believe first. But you don't wait till you believe to start practicing and exercising what God is telling us to do. Amen? It's really important that we do that. So tonight, we're going to look at two more of the healings that happened in Jesus' ministry. The first one is the two blind men that followed Jesus after the woman with the issue of blood was healed, and then he went from there to Jairus' home and, and raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. That was happening, that, that, that happened, and then right on the heels of that, these two blind men followed Jesus. I don't know how they followed him. <laughs> They're blind, but I guess somebody was taking them. We don't have any account of that, but two blind men followed Jesus. So the only account of it is in Matthew chapter 9. And I'm going to read two translations of, of, uh, of about uh, four, four verses of Scripture. When Jesus departed, verse 27 of Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus departed from there, it was from Jairus' house, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. Now, in the New Living Translation, I want to read the same, those same verses. I want, I want you to follow with me on this. In the New Living Translation, starting with verse 27, it says, And Jesus left the girl's home. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along with him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. No, no, I really like this translation because I see this happen time and time again in the healings that manifested with Jesus. Then he touched, uh, let's see, do you believe that I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they said to him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. So, so he touches someone's eyes he touches their eyes, right? And he said. 
In other words, because you believe this is going to happen. Didn't say that he touched their eyes and it happened. Said that he touched their eyes and he said it's going to happen. He said, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. Do you think that Jesus knew whether they had faith or they were just kind of making it up? How many believe Jesus knew that they had faith? Yeah. He knew based on their response. He asked them and they were quick to respond. We believe. In other words, I believe it's another case that they believed he believed. And they believed that if they did what he said and when he, they, he, was, he was asking them, they responded in what they believed because they believed he believed. And I tell you, we've talked about that throughout this whole series. It is so important that we believe we're healed, we, that we believe Jesus heals, that, that we believe in every promise in the Word of God, and that we work it out. I can promise you there are things in my life today, in certain promises of God, that I'm making sure I'm getting better at what I believe based on what I confess, what I meditate on, what I spend time listening to and believing. Because where sickness and disease is concerned, where something is ailing your body, if all you believe is what the doctor tells you, if that's all you believe, that's not going to be enough, and I tell you this, doctors don't heal, they just address symptoms. Jesus is the healer. It's not enough. Did I say doctors are bad? Absolutely not. I'm just saying, the doctors don't have the answers, and if all we have is, well, the doctor said this, and that's where your faith is, then your faith isn't in the fact that he already did whatever you need. I don't care what I need. I don't care if I need a new heart. I don't care if I need a new limb. I don't care if I need a new this, that, or the other. It doesn't matter what I need. He already is that. So let me ask you the question about these two blind men. How many in here tonight believe they were really blind? Okay. They're really blind... And did, Jesus didn't just have, have this major focus on the fact that he was healing them. He asked them a question. How many times did Jesus get in situations like this and he would ask them questions? Do you believe that I can do this? It's not enough that I just come in here and save the day and rescue you. You've got to believe this. It's not enough. You have to believe that this can really happen. Because these were two blind men, not just kind of blind and not just, you know, vision that wasn't real good. The Bible says they were blind. I looked the word up. You know what it meant? Can't see. <laughs> blind. 
They can't see. And I don't know about you, but every time I read these, as, I, as I've been studying this in, even before I started teaching this, as I was spending a lot of time just meditating on how these things happen. Because you remember when Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do, and even greater works, but, it, but we're, do, we're doing greater works than what he did, so that means we have to do it his way. So, you know, I don't find in any of these where Jesus preached a whole sermon to try to get somebody healed. It was just, be well. Why? Because he believed it. It was just, your faith has made you whole. But he got that out of them based on the questions that he asked them. We have to answer the questions for ourselves so we can help other people answer the questions the same way. Because if the question is answered, I am healed, not I will be, no matter what it looks like, how I feel, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, I am healed in the name of Jesus. We have to build that on the inside of us. It's not going to work by, okay, pastor said I have to say I'm healed, but oh. Right? But there's times when you feel, oh, okay? But it's in those times when, as I put one foot in front of the other foot, I have to be declaring what he says is so. And if I don't practice that, I'm never going to believe it. When I was young, I grew up, my dad was a golf pro. I played golf, I practiced golf. I practiced all the time. And what happened? I got better. Right? I had other friends that they'd sit around and eat hoagies in the, in the golf shop and I'd be practicing. They didn't play as good. Hoagies won't help you to become a good golfer. Hitting golf balls will help you become a good golfer. Being a Christian who's like Christ, like Jesus... And operating and receiving and being on the receiving end of the promises of God, he's told us we have to practice this. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth you know you believe in, it will set you free. Liberate you and set you free. But if I'm not practicing it, head hurts, had a hard day, Sometimes all you need to do is just lay down and close your eyes for a little while and your headache will go away. But I encourage you to speak over your head first and then lay down. Or if you've got to take a couple of aspirin, nothing wrong with that, good for blood flow. Take a couple of aspirin. Whatever it is you're going to do, do it, but speak over yourself first. Because the more I'm speaking over myself, I'm becoming more aware of what is already mine. It's mine. This headache has no right to remain. Maybe I spent too much time on the computer and I, maybe if I needed to wear glasses a certain period of time and I just didn't want to do it. Well, get rid of that attitude of not wanting to do something. Or, or, not, or, or an attitude that says, I'm going to do something anyway and then you're not going to feel well, but you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. You've got to get rid of that mess. We've got to learn to obey what God is showing us and saying to us and add that to the mix of how we're believing. We have to practice it all. 
There's no, no day like the present to start practicing. Vital. But he said here, two, just two things, I just driving this point home. Do you believe, he asked them the question, they said yes. What if they said, we're not sure? You know that we don't have the accounts of everybody that Jesus actually ministered to. But in his own hometown, very few people got well. Few sick people were healed, but very few people that he even prayed for got well. You realize in one translation it says very few people that he prayed for got well. But this is Jesus. But they didn't believe. I mean... Notice, notice here, and actually it's, it's in the next healing that I'm going to talk about, how many times that the Pharisees got mad because somebody got well. You healed them on... Sunday, or you healed them on a national holiday, or you healed them when we should be doing something else. I mean, it's not the time to be healed. These people hadn't seen a healing in 400 years. And he's trying to make a big deal. They're trying to make a big deal over him healing somebody. They couldn't even, I mean, talk about, thinking about somebody whose eyes are open, two blind men that are well, and they're arguing over a mess like that, trying to figure out a way to take him out. There's some definite unbelief involved. Not believing. And we have to get rid of that. But, but my point in, in what he said here was, he asked them, do you believe? They said that they did, and as a result of that, when he prayed, it happened. So if we're going to operate as Jesus operated, and, and I, I'm telling you, I've implemented this a lot in the last few years of my life in my ministry to other people, is asking them first, what are you believing for? What are you standing on for your health or, or your healing in a situation? It's, that, because, I, I mean, I, you know what I feel like Jesus was saying to them? I don't have a bag of magic tricks. I believe, and if you believe, notice he said, they said, yes, we believe. What would have happened had they not believed? Maybe the same thing that happened in Nazareth. Maybe he would have just said, Something else, I, I don't know. I made a person mad one time when I told them, when I asked them what they were believing for, and, and they, it was just kind of like, well, I, you know, I, I just want to be well. But, but what are you standing on? What are you believing from the Word of God? Well, not necessarily anything in particular. Well, the result of that is that you're not going to really get 
much of anything in particular manifesting. You know? I mean, it, do, it just it, it doesn't work that way. It's not like somebody's got some potion or something and people are going to get well. It doesn't work that way. Eleven of these healings, directly, it was a result of their faith that made them whole. Eleven of the 19 that, that manifested. And in the others, you can still see, in the others, you can still see where faith was involved in it, from the individual people. You can see the faith involved. I'm just telling you tonight, we've got to believe. I don't care what it takes, we have to believe. Amen? So, <clears throat> the other healing I want to look at is found in Mark chapter 3. And this is a healing of a, uh, it's a, a man with a withered hand. It's in Mark Three and it's in Luke 6. <clears throat> and he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. Mark 3 and verse 1. So they watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to, or to do evil or to save life or to kill? But they kept silent, and when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. So this man, again... Did this man, was this man's hand withered? Well, one translation said it was a result of injury. So he had a withered hand. I don't know if it was turned back this way and you could tell definitely that it was withered. But all of a sudden, now it's exactly like the other hand. So this is a real withered hand that really immediately became like the other hand. So... Let's say that the, the man's hand was burned. It was withered and burned, or it, it was injured, and maybe part of it was cut off. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was, he was born that way. It doesn't say one way or the other. It just said he was a man with a withered hand. And let, let's say that it was burned, and, and, and there was all kind of skin graft over the top of it. It looked horrible. All of a sudden, it was just like the other hand. Think about it. A withered hand, and the faith that was involved, it did, he didn't say that your faith has made you whole, but he said after he could tell all the doubt and unbelief that was around, he told the man, stretch out your hand. What if the man would have said, I don't want you to touch it? No, he stretched out his hand. Do you see the faith involved? And it was like the other hand. Did God, did, did that manifest based on what we read right there? Then that means that any part of your body, any, any limb of your body, any organ of your body, anything that is not right, God already has it prepared for it to be the way it should be. Now, 
One of the reasons I, f- I feel like, and, and I have friends that struggle with teaching on healing, one of the reasons that I think people struggle with healing or the teaching on healing is because what if something doesn't happen? And, and it sounds like, okay, let's say the man's hand was withered. Let's say that it said he didn't have a hand. Well, if it's withered, Jesus could do that. But if he didn't have a hand, well, they can't do that. Well, if you, know, if you had a broken toe, maybe God could heal it. But if your foot got cut off, you could never grow another foot. We're not talking about what you and I can produce. Right? We're talking about what he did. And he said, the works he did will do, and greater works, because now he's at the right hand of the Father, and if we'll believe him that way, that he's right there, and we can do what he did and even more, what can't happen? That's all I'm saying. But it's not enough for me to tell you that, and it's one thing for you to hear that and say, yeah, I agree with that, and yet you don't have anything that you're up against. If you're sitting here right now and you've had a diagnosis of, from a doctor that says you have cancer, I've had family members that had those diagnoses, we give you four months to live. We've had family members that, that didn't have long to live as a result of cancer. What, what do you do? First thing you have to do is collect yourself because when you get the report, fear comes at you from 150 different directions. Trying to convince you that that report is more real than what we see here that Jesus has already done. Because what Jesus was demonstrating is what would be accomplished for every human being that ever lived on the planet, every single human being on the planet would have the availability to receive what happened to this guy, both of the people we're talking about right here. It would happen because from that point on, that's where he went was to the cross, and now he's at the right hand of the Father. And that representation at the right hand of the Father says that what I did for this guy, I've already done for you. And when I believe that and I stand in faith for that, and I develop that kind of a belief system, I can have anything that God says I can have. That's why I read these stories. I I meditate on this. I look at the, I mean, the man had a withered hand and it became like the other hand. Just like the other hand. There's nothing that, there's nothing that can't be done. Remember this though. One of the things that works against us is what didn't happen in someone else's life. I heard a story of a guy that was believing God for healing in his body. 
He was standing for, in faith for, for his healing. He was, he was believing that it was so. He got closer to the time of things looking like that they're not working out. And he brought his family together and he said to his family, you can't let my journey on this walk affect the way you believe God. I know the person personally. You can't allow my journey and where it seems like it's not working affect the way you believe the word. You know what? You don't really know what you have to deal with anything that you face in life until you find yourself in that place. You think you know, but nobody knows. And there's one key word, there's one key word to anything that you walk out and you walk through and you, you face. There's one key word and it's the word endurance. The Bible says if you don't quit, you will reap. I'm going to say it again, if you don't quit, if you stay, if you keep, you keep yourself to the grindstone, you keep pursuing it and keep standing in faith, if you don't quit, you'll reap. Yeah, but what if I do that and, and, and I die anyway? Well, you're going to die anyway. Everybody's going to leave this planet unless Jesus comes back first. If you, if you were believing God like this man was, he was believing God, and he told his family that, and he, and he went on. He's face to face with Jesus. It's a win. But he said, don't let this affect the way you believe the Word of God because the Word of God is true and we can't let other people's experiences. You can have compassion for other people and all that kind of thing. And if you get in, involved in judging why someone didn't resist, get, get out of that. You stay focused and take care of yourself. Pray for other people. Pray that they can endure and overcome and get on top of situations. But don't judge them. But I'm saying what that man told his family, I'm telling you, is key for, any, for everybody. And I'm telling you today, you can't let what you've seen happen in someone else's life or something that appeared like it wasn't working, you can't allow that to affect the way you believe the Word of God. Because God's word is true, and it works. So he said, step forward, and he said to him, he, uh, he said to them, to all the Pharisees and Sadducees, he said, is it lawful in the Sabbath to do good or to, evil, to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent, and when he looked around, at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out immediately. They saw the hand. They saw the hand go back to normal, and they plotted with the Herodians against them how they might destroy him because he was doing good. He was, he healed, somebody was healed and they wanted to destroy him. Can you believe it? I'm telling you today, you, don't, you and I, if we're not serious about it, you'll be talked out of it. 
I can't tell you how many people I know that, that have been mad, that have been mad. I've seen people, countless people through the years that were mad at, at us teaching healing. Why, why would you be mad at healing being taught. doesn't mean you totally understand it. You don't have to agree with everything that I'm saying, but it is God's will for you and I to be well. By his stripes, we were healed. Not will be when we feel like it. We were 2,000 years ago when he completed the task that God had for him, the job that God had, the, the calling that God had on his life. When he completed it, it was done. It was totally done. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm just telling you. You know what? Walking something out sometimes isn't necessarily real pretty. Doesn't mean you actually do it right every single time, right? Doesn't mean you do every little single thing perfectly along the way. But practice it and get good at it so you can overcome and help other people overcome. It's not just about me. But you're not going to really share and be in faith with other people. Remember... Those people right there and many of the healings we've already looked at, they believed that he believed it. And it's important that you and I believe it. I'm just telling you, the best way for you to begin to believe it is to practice it. Pray for your headache. For, for if you have a headache, speak over your anything. You get pain in your body or whatever. Like tonight. I've got my glasses sitting up here. Every day I speak over my eyes and I command them to see. I've, you've seen, I think I've, during this I, I quoted the confession that I speak over my eyes. And I speak over them in such a way that I'm believing that my eyes are getting stronger and better all the time. All the time. I brought my glasses. Sometimes my eyes are tired and I need it to focus on what I've gotten written here and even looking out here. But tonight... Man, I can see clearly. I'm seeing clearly. My eyes are strong. They're stronger every day because of what I say. You know? I mean, I, mean, I, I know people that wouldn't dare come out with a, with a pair of glasses because they're teaching healing. They wouldn't dare come out with a pair of glasses. They keep them back in the back because, you know, we, we don't want people to think that we don't believe in healing. If you've got to use the glasses, use them, Right? But my, my first focus is not on whether I have to use the glasses or not. My first focus is on the fact that I'm healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Not will be, I am now. And that's the way we have to look at it. And, and anybody in here tonight that is struggling with that statement, you need to get past it. You need to work that out within yourself. You are the healed no matter what it looks like, how you feel, or anything looks. doesn't matter. And do not judge somebody else that's going through something. You don't know what they're going through and where they're at. But your declaration of what he says is so is the key to your success. He made us well. I like Luke's account. We'll read that in Luke 6 and verse 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and he taught and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely. This is in the, this is, that's not in the one I wanted. 
you have it in the New Living? Did I give it to you? In the, oh, no, 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 this is Luke. No, uh, never mind, sorry. I was doing the right thing. Okay, Luke 6 and 6. The other, the other story that I told, I had two translations. This one was two different accounts. Okay, verse 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and he taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely. <laughs> so they, they saw it. It was withered, beat up, twisted, whatever it was. They saw him. Right? They were watching him closely. You know, because maybe he's going to fake something. Who knows? Whether he would heal on the Sabbath. That they may find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and he said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand. And he arose and he stood and Jesus said to them, I'll ask you one thing. This is the Pharisees and Sadducees. Is it lawful in the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy? And when he had looked around at them, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other, and they were filled with rage. They were filled with rage because the man was healed and restored. <clears throat> if we're... When we're in this journey of developing our faith, and I want to show you something in one last passage of Scripture. When we're on this journey of developing our faith in God, and, and we're developing the knowing that God is our healer, <clears throat> as time goes by, like I said earlier, it's not enough to hear a report from someone else, another doctor, somebody else, whatever. It's not enough to hear what, what, what other reports are. And if our faith is in the other reports, then we've got issues and we have problems. The ultimate goal is that I'm healed and when I've done everything to stand, then I stand. Now, Ephesians 6, I want to read that passage. And I want you to see this tonight. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, he said, stand, therefore. When you've done everything to stand. See, the problem is people try to stand, but they haven't done anything. I'm going to say it again. People try to stand, but they're not doing anything day to day. They're not developing the daily routines that we're talking about that I, we talked about on Sunday that I've been showing you and encouraging you in. If you don't develop that daily routine, you're not doing your part, and so you're trying to stand, but you're going to fall. You're trying to stand. You're trying to, to believe but you've not done the part that you needed to do to be able to believe. And when you've done all to stand, stand. What does standing look like? Like with your eyes closed? No, like this. Father, I thank you. Glory to God, I thank you today. 
I've stood on your word. I know that I'm the healed in Christ Jesus. I know this, this situation or circumstance doesn't look well, but I'm telling you today, I know that I am the healed in Christ. I worship you and I thank you. I give you praise today. And listen to me. He didn't say that standing would be three days and, and, you, and the manifestation come until. Everybody say until. Okay? And, and listen, the more we believe, I'm telling you, the quicker things come. And see, and see, remember, how do we believe? By practicing. By practicing. I was somewhere the other day. Where was I? Oh, is it the, is it the Mini Mart? And I was coming out of the Mini Mart. I don't even think I told you this. I was coming out of the mini mart, and there's a guy, and he's walking like this. And I just noticed him, and I just turned to him, and I said, uh, what's wrong with your leg? Kind of looked at me like that. <laughs> said, I, I don't know, something's bad on the bottom of my foot. And I said, can I pray for you? And he just stood there, and he looked at me. You know what he said? He said, Nobody's ever asked to pray for me. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't just do that every day, you know, with every person that walks. I mean, unless God tells me. But I was walking by, and I just noticed the guy. It was like, like God was saying, I need you to do that. The guy said, nobody's ever prayed for me. Nobody's ever asked to pray for me. I said, can I pray for you? It was just walking, it was just right there on the steps of the mini mart, people walking in and out and, you know. And, you know, when you get in that kind of groove, it's not like, okay, let's go to the, behind the building. I mean, I, I don't even think about it. I mean, it just, it doesn't even register that way. And I, and I, and I just said, I, I'm just going to bend down and just put my hand on your leg. You know, he had a mask on and all that. I mean, I, you know, how people get and all that. And you got to be cautious of that kind of stuff with people. But... I just, I leaned down and I just spoke really simply. I command this foot to be healed and healthy and whole right now in Jesus' name. That's all I said. And I stood up and the guy said, is that it? (laughs) I said, yeah, but tell me your name. His name's Harvey. And, I, and where, where do you think Harvey went? To my prayer list. And I'm thanking God every day for Harvey, right? I just actually, I mean, as I'm going down my list of people that I speak over every day, there, there's Harvey's name. And I mean, if you don't practice those things, you'll never do them. But when I saw that guy's foot, here, here's the thing. When, when I'm watching him like this, the first thought that came to me is Jesus died for that. I didn't ask him if he was saved. That's not what the Holy Spirit told me to do. He didn't tell me to lead him to the Lord right there or anything else. But what I got was access into his life. And remember, every word that I speak over that guy will not return void and it will accomplish and someone else will. I mean, I've had many situations like that where I led someone to the Lord right there. That wasn't what God told me to do. Pray for his foot. 
You think it was God when he said, nobody's ever asked me? Nobody's ever offered to pray for me. I believe that changed that guy's life. That guy will be in heaven in the kingdom because I, now I get to pray for him every day and God will send people across his path. I may see him again. I, I know what he looks like. I'll remember him. And I may see him again. But what matters is what God says. And it wasn't some long, drawn-out prayer, you know, and he falls asleep while I'm praying for him. You, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't any of that. Let's be healed and made whole now in the name of Jesus. And you say amen. amen. So when you've done everything to stand, stand, therefore. And, and here's, here's the checklist, okay, if you want to call it that. Having girded your waist with truth. So you don't stand on your own. You stand in him when you have girded your waist with the truth of God's word. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, the word of God, of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith where you're able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The armor is the word. The armor of God is the word of God and the prayer and prayer. It's the word of God in prayer being led by the Holy Ghost. And he said, when you have done that, there's your ability to stand. Because your standing will still be active. It'll be active in such a way that, God, I thank you that I'm the healed now in Christ Jesus. I tell you what, where I started with this is, and, and I, about a few years back, I started again. Speaking over something that's ailing me. There, there's different times my lower back may have a pain or something, you know. Instead of getting Brian to just adjust me, first and foremost, I need to speak over my body. I command the ligaments and the tendons and the muscles and everything to be in alignment. I command it to be well and then to thank him for it. When you've done what you're supposed to do, then stand in faith believing that you receive that what you say is what he said is so. And if I'm saying what he said is so and I'm believing it, then I can have what I say. That's the way it works. I'm telling you not now, we are the healed in Christ Jesus. Anybody tonight that has any kind of pain in your body, I don't care what it is, some here, not standing in for someone else, but anybody with pain whatsoever in your body, just lift your hand. Okay. Everybody, just keep your hand up high. <clears throat> Everybody get in agreement with what I say right now. Just use the have your hands up. You stretch your hand toward my hand right now. I'm just going to do it like this tonight. Lord, I know that you paid the price for everything that is centered around pain of any kind. Our pain was on you. You took our pain. Tonight, I declare each body that I'm speaking over and speaking to, I command the pain to leave now in Jesus' name. Right now. 
I believe that he took your pain. I believe it. You join your faith with me, and I command the pain to leave you now in your body. Pain, go. In Jesus' name, right now. Right now. Right now. Amen. And you know what I can say to you? You know what I can say? With confidence in you receive it the right way it is your faith that makes you whole I heard the Holy Spirit say that about pain and when you join your faith with me what do we do you did your part then stand father I thank you what pastor prayed I believe I believe that pain in my body has no right to remain that's how you stand with a thankful heart thanking God daily that the word works. Practice it, exercise it daily, and you'll see manifestations in your body. I'm believing that tonight with each and every one of you. I, it, it doesn't matter what it is. He's already got it worked out, okay? We have to receive it, but in our receiving, many times he'll give us wisdom and understanding about whatever journey we're walking out. And I'm telling you, it's a win-win. We, you, we cannot lose with God. Can you say amen?